Hi everybody and welcome to the Cultivated Podcast with me, your host Rob Lambert. So I was lucky enough to go away on a retreat, a weekend away in a very, very small Airbnb to record these podcasts. This season, the first season, is all about how to be effective and productive at work. I'm very much looking forward to bringing you season two, which is about creativity. Now, I will say this tiny Airbnb was right next to a main road with some very loud motorbikes, so occasionally you may hear their exhausts. I do hope you enjoy this. Feel free to check out the website at cultivatedmanagement.com. In today's episode with me, Rob Lambert, we're going to be talking about the pillars of life. So in a particular boring company meeting, whilst the CEO was yapping on about the company pillars, you know, finance, marketing, sales, etc., I was struck with a remarkable idea. If a company needed strong foundations and pillars to support it, and it focused on them, then don't I need these things too, as an individual, as a person? It was an idea that actually, I'll be honest, it consumed me for days. It was an idea that clearly needed exploring, and it was an idea that was so obvious that I actually couldn't understand why I'd not discovered it before. I mean, I kind of knew, obviously, we all know that we need a little bit of balance in life, but I'd never actually considered defining, I guess, the very foundational pillars that made me who I was. In fact, that was the hard part, actually, working out what my pillars of life actually were. So after some contemplation, you know, the kind that turns you grey and makes you look older than you actually are, and a lot of self-reflection, the kind that, you know, you find inner demons that actually you wished you'd not found, I actually uncovered uh, the pillars of my life, at least. Now, of course, yours will be different. Um, We're all in different seasons of life with different needs, drivers, motivations, opportunities, privileges, etc. But what I present here seems to cover many bases and I hope it's super helpful for you. Now if you've caught any of the other podcasts you may have heard me talk about this idea of a painted picture, a kind of picture of who I'm trying to become, who I'm trying to help and what I'd like to be doing in sort of 10 years from now. The reason that the painted picture is really important is it gives you sort of like a galvanizing I guess, uh, future to look at. But underpinning that painted picture are actually the pillars of life, as I call them, that I'm going to share with you here. So when I was, uh, you know, really designing that, I had no idea what the pillars of life were. But as I've discovered these pillars of life for me, then I've been able to design them into that painted picture. And I've also sort of like designed them into places I've worked. So as a manager, I've worked out what are the pillars of, of, you know, success and culture and behaviors that are good in the workplace and I've tried to bring that to the workplaces as well. Now the reason that these sort of pillars of life are really important is because they are the foundations for who we are as a person, as you know who we are as people and when there is an imbalance in these pillars as I've had in my life many times they there are consequences And when we're doing activities, when we're planning our days, our weeks, our years, our months, when we're doing things, we are often not consciously doing activities with the pillars of life at the forefront. We're often doing things that may be actually destabilizing, that are actually, you know, contradicting what it is that we're actually trying to achieve and and get balance. And I know for a fact that when these, these pillars are out of balance, then life becomes really difficult, actually. It becomes really, um, I guess, hard to get through some days, really. You know, sometimes I'll put work above my health and uh, there are consequences to that. So what I'm going to talk about is these pillars of life. And, you know, sometimes you're going to have to create a bit of imbalance. If you're trying to grow your career, for example, you may have to put other things on the back burner 
if you have kids and they're very young, then of course they're going to consume a lot more time and maybe the learning or the social responsibility or some of the others which we're going to cover will become out of balance. But as long as we're sort of like consciously aware of that, then we get an opportunity to address that. Uh, we get an opportunity to pay down that debt in the future. We get an opportunity to make a decision. The problem I had was it was all unconscious. I was, you know, burning out at work and, you know, not focusing on my health or I was spending too much time learning and that was affecting my ability to actually get my job done. So as an individual, we get to choose where we focus our energy and attention sometimes. Uh, of course, life throws things at us and we're not always, um, you know, able to find out and carve time to actually focus on things. But what we do know, and I'm sure we all inherently feel this, is we know when there's an imbalance. We know when things aren't right. And what I found helpful with the pillars of life is, is uh, they've been able to guide me as to where that imbalance is versus just knowing and feeling that something just is not right. You know, something's completely skewy here, but I don't know what it is. And what these have helped me to do is to keep coming back to them and going, well, that's why, because I've focused here and I've let this other pillar um, crumble. And when they start to crumble, I mean, hopefully they're not going to go cr so crumbly that actually we're unable to fix it. So that's the core essence of here is we've only got so much energy and attention. It can only go so far. We can only spread it across certain things. So this is just my way of consciously acknowledging where that energy and attention is going. And I hope they help. These are mine. Um, of course, feel free to steal them. Feel free to, you know, hate on them if you wish. But these are my pillars of life and I hope they're super helpful for you too. So before we get into the actual pillars, what I will say is there's no balance really. You know, what we're... what you know, people talk about work-life balance and all that kind of stuff is what I found through this exercise of using these pillars of life is there's not actually any balance. It's just a constant tension that needs to be managed. There's never a moment where everything's perfect harmony and everything's in balance and everything's sort of like, whoo, this is cool. There's always a tension. There's always a trade-off. There's always something that has to give. And as long as I'm aware of that and as long as I know that I've given then I know when I can repair that. And we'll, we'll get onto that in a minute. So the first pillar of life, um, and I've put this at the top, even though I don't always prioritize this, is health. So the reason this is above family, which we'll get to in a minute, is because without my health, I'm actually pretty useless for my family. And that sounds counterintuitive, but my health has really taken a deleterious effect, you know, a horrible journey re recently in the last sort of two to three years. And it's because it's been out of balance. So I'm sort of over-indexing on health recently. I've started to eat clean. I've started to go to the gym. I've started to really focus on mental health as well. Taking time out, uh, resting, meditating, trying to build those as habits, which is notoriously difficult, as I'm sure many of you have, have tried. But health to me is, is the I guess, the pillar that I really can't afford any longer to keep forfeiting. I can't afford to keep neglecting this pillar. When I was younger, I could go out, drink, you know, be out three or four nights a week, still get up and go to work and, and, you know, basically be burning on empty almost. And I could do that for so long, but then it has consequences. It, it takes an effect. Same when the kids were younger, I would be, you know, put the kids to bed and then I'd be writing books till midnight, get up again at six in the morning or through the night to, to help my wife uh, feed the kids and what have you. And it takes its toll. It really does take its toll. And Unfortunately, with health, the feedback loop on it is not always immediate. So sometimes, you know, you might not feel great one month and then, you know, two years later, you find, like in my case, I could barely walk upstairs without being out of breath. So 
that's why I focus on health. It's the number one thing that I'm trying to make sure that I don't neglect and I still struggle. It's, it's still a daily challenge of choosing the right foods, um, not having that extra drink in the pub or going to bed at 10 rather than staying up to watch another Netflix series. There are always choices to make every day. I don't always make the right ones, but I am consciously trying because health without it, I'm useless to everybody. Pillar number two is family. So I've talked before about the, the idea of a sand timer um, where you don't always get to see how much sand is left at the top of that timer. All we can see is time flying by every se- every sort of second, every day, like right now it's, it's going. We can see how much time we've spent and what we've chosen to spend that time on, but we don't always get a view of how much time is left. We have no idea whether we've got a year, 10 years, 50 years, two weeks. That sounds horrible, but it helps you to focus a little bit on family. What will my family remember me for? Do I care that a random person on LinkedIn has you know, liked a post of mine or somebody on Instagram has left a really cool comment about a post? Or do I care more about what my kids and my wife and my family think about me, remember me and the time that I spent with them? This is again like almost an idea of how do you measure success? Do we measure success with salary, with job titles, with houses and cars and all the other stuff? Or do we measure it based on the experiences that we've had with the people that we love? We get to choose. And of course, it's entirely up to us what we choose to focus on. But for me, pillar number two is family. So pillar number three is education and personal development. So our, uh, I guess our ability to navigate life and the challenges it presents, it requires a strength of character. It requires skills and competencies and behaviors to make the most of that. It requires habits, routines, and all sorts of abilities to get things done. Communication skills are really where I try to focus the most when it comes to personal development. But there are always things to learn. I'm trying to learn how to draw. I'm making better podcasts trying to learn how to do videos, trying to write more books. So education and personal development isn't always about work, it's about life as a whole. I always say that my ability as a parent, my ability as a member of society to some extent, and certainly my ability at work, is nothing more or less than me and my uh, combined behaviour, skills and experience. So what I try to focus on is education and personal development. Keep growing, keep learning, even if it's just you know reading one chapter of a book, a day. Whatever I can manage to squeeze in, then I will focus as much as possible on that. Because when we learn and we grow and we take the opportunity to try and become just a tiny bit better each day, then we have the ability to apply ourselves more fully, more wholly, and certainly more effectively in work and life. Pillar number four is finances and money. So um, I found that money absolutely does not buy happiness, but we of course need a certain amount. And I think there was a study done that said there's a certain amount that you have to earn. I can't remember exactly how much it was, but any amount after that, it doesn't bring any added happiness. Now that amount I think was quite high. So although people say money doesn't buy happiness, it probably doesn't um, after a certain point, of course, but it certainly helps to create security and freedom. But we need it. We need money and we need wages to put food on the table, to pay the bills and recently to pay for the heating. I mean, that's a a dilemma that many people are facing at the moment in the UK. How much money you need is obviously very personal to you and your season of life. There are lots of different websites. I'm no expert on this at all. In fact, I'm actually pretty terrible when it comes to finances. My wife is a saving grace in that respect for sure. And so for me, number four is finances and money. How can I try to stop spending so much? I'm actually quite impulsive when it comes to purchasing things, which is really bad. How can we save more? How can we make sure that obviously we can afford to you know, support the boys in their future? 
So number four for me is finances and money. Um, always trying to keep an eye on whether I can save a bit more, earn a bit more, and just be a little bit more careful with that. Pillar number five is our impact on society. So I think we're hardwired as humans to actually help each other. You know, it's how communities flourish and uh, businesses excel. And, and I always have this strong belief that all businesses should exist to serve society. And I think society has a good way of rejecting those businesses that don't. Uh, not always the case, but actually I think um, most organizations do a reasonably good job of, of serving society, if not without many, many challenges, of course. And I think it's in our nature to support each other, to help each other. Now, one of the things that I talk about when I talk about society is I really look at sort of two different lenses here. The first society being the one that we live in. So, you know, the town, the village, the city, the country, whatever it is that you want to classify as your immediate society. And I think we all have a duty uh, to do no harm and to support and care for those around us. But we don't do a lot of that. I, I certainly really struggle with this. And I think... Um, certainly uh, in parts of the UK that I've lived in, it's certainly not as community-driven as maybe once it was. And I think people are starting to realise that after the last sort of couple of years that we've had, that actually, you know, those people down the road, your neighbours, the, you know, the couple across the road or whatever, we're all in this together. We're all together. We're all part of the society. And I like to think that we can do good and help. And this is certainly one that I've really, really got to focus a little bit more on because I don't, I don't really do that much in society and that's certainly something I'm trying to do a little bit more of. You know, I don't necessarily volunteer for much. I do donate to charity quite often, but that seems so passive sometimes um, when I could actively be, you know, volunteering and doing things. But there's also a second part of society and that is the companies that we work within. I consider them a society. Are we going to add to it or are we going to take away? Are we going to contribute or are we going to just diminish the resources? And I think when we're at work, we get an opportunity to contribute to add to the society or we get an opportunity to detract from it and I think it's really important that we choose what is right for us. And then pillar number six is productivity and effectiveness. This seems really strange to be right down there at the bottom um, but this is at the bottom at the moment and it certainly wasn't a few years back. This was probably the number one pillar that I focused on but it had a detrimental effect on everything else. I mean my word I was working epic hours. I certainly wasn't putting my boys to bed as much as I'd like to have done. I was burning the midnight oil and frankly productivity and effectiveness was great. I mean I was uber productive. People were like, wow, how'd you get so much done? And then a couple of years later my health deteriorates and frankly I've been struggling a little bit with that. So this is why I've pushed this all the way down to the bottom as something that, you know, I'm recording these podcasts, but I'm not pressurizing myself. I'm not really burning myself out trying to record these i'm just recording them and seeing how they go and there's no pressure just record have fun and hopefully people will benefit from it so they're the um, six pillars that i look at when it comes to life so i'll just quickly go through them again number one is health number two is family number three is education and personal development number four is finances and money number five is the impact on society and number six is productivity and effectiveness and like I say, we get an opportunity to divert energy and attention to any one of these at any one time. Sometimes we get a choice. Sometimes we are sort of forced through fate and our situation and our context. But what we should be aware of is this tension across these pillars, at least for me, needs actively managing. And I need to be aware that when I contribute to one pillar, I'm essentially not contributing to the others. And then how can I construct I guess a life, a routine, a habit where I am managing that tension as best as I can given the circumstances that I find myself in. So I hope that's been helpful. I hope it's been useful. 
Thanks everybody for listening to the Cultivated Retreat podcast season one. If you want to join the mailing list and get goodness to your inbox every Wednesday, then check out cultivatedmanagement.com. You'll find all sorts of other stuff on there, resources, books, articles, links to the YouTube channel, links to the Here's an Idea Worth Playing With audio series, and of course the online communication superpower workshop. Until next time, bye-bye.